This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Everybody Lies, our review of the television show House. I am... MD. Yeah. I am Mark. This is Mike from Massive Late Fee. How are you guys? How are you, Mike? Not too bad. How about yourself? Good, good. It was an interesting episode this week. So last week we covered the pilot. This week is episode two entitled... Fraternity, correct? Yes, that's right. It is. Yeah, fraternity. Good job. I was going to make a joke because I couldn't remember the title, but yeah, it is fraternity. You fool. <laughs> so, so the episode, the episode begins... As we get, you know, we get the, what becomes the formula of the show now. So it begins with the patient, or who's going to be the patient. Uh, this dude, Dan, I think, playing... Yeah, I think it's Dan. Playing lacrosse, and he starts to have double vision. You know, he we're not he's not exactly sure what's going on. We go into his eyeball, and we see the synapse stop, stop firing for a second. And then he just gets absolutely leveled by some dude. So then we go to House in the clinic, uh, uh, sucking on a lollipop and reading a magazine because he's hiding out from Cuddy. He doesn't want to take any cases. And it's revealed that he still isn't taking any cases. So it's like we get... I think this is the last time this happens, by the way. But in the first episode, Wilson is chastising him for not having any cases. And then in the beginning of this episode, again, he's being chastised for not having a case and that, you know, everyone's sitting on their hands, basically. But I believe this is the last time that comes up as a thing. That's weird. So, uh, he's leaving the clinic, and Dan's parents come up to him and say that, you know, you said you'd see us. We have an appointment. And we find out that Cameron has forged his signature and basically typed up a letter that says that he'll consult on, on this case. And so he goes and, you know, they're, they're ta- he's talking about it. He's like, yeah, I'm not interested in this case. And then she says he's been having night terrors. And he, he's 16. And he goes, night terrors. And you can see, like, that interests him. So right. he goes down there and examines him, asks him to name... Every, any animal he can think of that starts with a B. And the only thing he can say is baby elephant. Right. That's, that's cause for concern right there. Yes. So it's, he finds out that he, he got hit in the head at the, on the lacrosse thing. And he turns to Cameron all pissed off and he was like, you know, did, they, did uh, you mention that he got hit in the head? And she's like, oh, they didn't say anything. And he goes, well, he's basically says, you have a concussion. He's like, there's only two reasons. There's only, yeah, I think he says there's only three reasons that you would typically get night terrors. One was trauma. One was something else. I can't remember. Sexual abuse. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Because he asked if, uh, he asked if, uh, you know, who was diddling him or whatever. (laughs) Are you being diddled, sir? (laughs) So he, he, you know, he finds out that, you know, he has that trauma. He's like, he's got a concussion. That's why. 
And they're like, oh, no, you know, the ER said he didn't have a concussion. And they said, well, they, they messed up. So he's talking to Cameron about it and says, she's like, you know, you enjoyed making them feel like fools or whatever. And he said, look, I went down there because you said he had night terrors. So immediately I thought, hey, maybe he's being sexually abused. I should probably check. Like, it's actually kind of interesting that he cared enough to think, hey, there might be somebody being sexually abused here. I better check into this. Right. And uh, then he sees him have a myoclonic jerk, which any I, I'm pretty sure all of us at some point in our lives has experienced it. It's like when you start to fall asleep and you start feeling like you're falling. And then, yeah, that's the worst. Yeah, and then you like you get like you know shaken awake. So it's like they, they explain it how like you know when you start to fall asleep, your respiration falls. Sometimes your body thinks that that you know you're dying or the body's dying, so it sends a pulse to you know jolt it back up. Um, and he's like, you know, that's happening to you, but you're not falling asleep right now, so that's a problem. You need to be admitted. And now the case is is interesting enough to him to to warrant his time. And they've determined that basically his, his, his brain is losing control of his body, and they're not sure why, but that's the, the main symptom. Right, and then we have, like, a, we don't really have much in the way of uh, house doing other, like, you know, cases, but he does go to a woman who has a baby that uh, has some mysterious, like, symptoms. Yeah. He's asking about vaccines, and she's like, oh, well, he doesn't have any vaccines. We don't believe in that, and so... You know, House uh, takes her to task, which I'm happy to see in this show. You know, that's uh, mm-hmm. important to get that message out there. Even for, like, the casual television viewers, you know, it's important to get the idea out there that vaccines, you know, are helpful. Yep, absolutely. So ABC, you know, talks shit to her about that and, like, uh, you know, walks out. <laughs> yeah. And she mentions, and it's funny, too, because, like you said, it's a good message, and it's also it's also interesting foreshadowing. For for things yeah, exactly. later, but yeah, she because she she says that no formula, just uh, um, mommy's good breast milk or something like that. She's in these sweet mips or something. <laughs> I don't know. She's very proud of uh, of what's go- of what she's she's making there, but because uh, and house does at one point say uh, yummy mummy. <laughs> <laughs> Which is an interesting phrase, but anyway, yeah. So, so he he chastises her and walks out, and you know his first. I think their first theory is. I'm trying to remember what their first theory is for what he might have because they do. I think he has MS at first. I think MS is the second one. I think MS is like because that's like the big diagnosis they get to, like the second one. I'm trying to remember what they because they put a shunt in. Oh, neurosyphilis. They think, know, they, no, it was the reverse. Syphilis was the second thing they thought he had. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. So they do... That's right. Yes. Because they do a, a scan of his brain. And he says there's Boeing in, in the corpus colostrum, which is the the thing that... Uh, the mem- Not membrane, but the, the part of the brain which connects the left hemisphere and the right hemisphere of the brain and allows them to... To communicate, basically. Uh, the later, w- there will be an episode where someone has their corpus colostrum um, s- actually surgically cut uh, because of epilepsy and gets alien hand syndrome, where his left hand, which is controlled by the right hemisphere of your brain, uh, kind of just does whatever it wants because it, it does what, what the 
right hemisphere of the brain is telling it to do, but speech and, and like logical thought and stuff like that's not part of that hemisphere. So the other part of the brain, which is like actually running all the higher functions, doesn't know what it's doing. So it's not like it's just it's weird. It's almost like having two brains, I guess, in, in your head when when the corpus claustrum gets gets separated like that, or it can be like that, at least on television. <laughs> but right. But anyway, so like he's got Boeing there, and House says there's a block. There's gonna be there's gonna be a blockage for sure. You know, check it out. So they check it out, and there is definitely a blockage. And they, you're right, they think it's MS and rapidly progressing MFs, which is you know obviously the the worst scenario. So they they need to treat before they can confirm. Because, you know, House says if we treat now, maybe he'll live another five years. If you wait, you know, he might only have like a year or, or something like that. They, they don't give an exact timeline, but I know that rapidly progressing MS is, has a very short lifespan. But uh, anyway, so they start, they start treating him with interferon. Uh, and then he, this is when, oh yeah, so this is when he goes missing. So like he he goes missing. The, the nurse comes there. I think actually I think she's food service. Uh, comes in and sees he's not in bed. I don't know how she knows that he should be in bed. Like that it's not okay. That because like I, she doesn't think Maybe it's just like the ward they're on or something. Like that could be yeah. Because like he could just be in the bathroom. But I guess you're right. It's sort of like an open kind of uh, of room and everything. And he had just had a. A lumbar puncture, and you're not supposed to move, you know, for a while. After having a lumbar puncture, it's not good for you. Um, but anyway, so, yeah, he's he's disappeared, so they're all looking for him. They're calling House up. He doesn't ever answer the phone. He's just sitting there watching TV. It goes to his answering machine a few times. And then next thing you know, he's walking in, and he said, hey, you know, you said I, I'm going to be here. And he's like, yeah, uh, Dan's missing. He goes, I know. Uh, I I heard that on my answering machine, but you said, you know, I had to be here. And we was like, well, we we're just trying to keep you informed. And he's like, okay, I'm not very good at search parties. But he, he does give them the clue that they need. He says, check the roof, because sometimes orderlies prop that door open to catch a smoke out there. And Dan, yeah, so. Dan is on the roof. Sure enough. Not only he's up there, but he's in his imagination. He's on like a big field about to play lacrosse again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so they come up there, and he's, uh, you know, they're, they're basically like, hey, you're not on the field. He goes to take a step off the roof, and... Um, uh, Chase, Chase tackles him. Yeah, Chase tackles him down. And uh, then they find out... Uh, so basically, House is like, hey, this is great news, because he's, you know, he had a hallucination... Or delusion that he was on the the you know thing the field he doesn't have MS. I don't know exactly why that rules out MS, yeah, but know. but apparently it does. So that's right. when, like you said, they they think maybe neurosyphilis. So they start treating him with antibiotics, but that's not working, uh, and they they can't like really figure out what's going on this entire time. I guess we forgot to mention uh, at at one point House says. That the dad is not really the dad. Right. He says, you know, I, I guarantee that's not the dad. And he starts making bets with people. So he makes bets with Wilson and and Foreman and Cuddy. Uh, and one of the bets that he makes with Cuddy is a week off of clinic duty. 
And I think she says, if you're wrong, you've got to go to the symposium and wear a tie or something like that. Right. So they, uh, you know, he's sitting outside eating with Wilson, trying to figure out what's going on. And the parents come up. This is this always kind of struck me as as weird too. I mean, I guess maybe because he says you have you've never been in his room or, or something. Maybe that's why they're upset. But it's like yeah, I think so. Because I mean, if I if I like if a loved one of mine was in the hospital, God forbid, and I was you know eating lunch and I saw the doctor also eating lunch, I wouldn't be automatically be like well, this fucking guy. The fuck, <laughs> like he should be by the, the the bedside the entire time. I mean, like that wouldn't. It always kind of struck me as weird, but I, I think it is that he's just hasn't any personal context. So they come up to him and they kind of chastise him, and he says he rattles off all the the statistics of the son, like the son with the what the blood pressure is, what he's suffering from, all this other stuff, and yeah, he's fully. You know, they, he shows him that he's fully aware of the case. He knows mm-hmm. everything that's going on, but. You know, him being there literally wouldn't help in any way. So yeah, and he's basically like, "You go hold his hand," because that's what—that's your right. role in this. You go, you go hold his hand, and uh, you know, I'll I'll bust your tray. And then he takes the cups <laughs> and puts them in uh, plastic bags and uh, gives them to Cameron and says, uh, "You know, run DNA on these things." Right. So they run DNA, and the, you know they're they're running titers for other other diseases because they're trying to figure out what it is and they find out the dad isn't the dad but also the mom isn't the mom so they're the parents are in cuddy's office uh they're upset they want to move they well they don't seem they don't seem super upset but they just they want a second opinion basically and you know cuddy's like and moving him is really not a good idea and then house comes in and basically says you know, you two idiots lied to me. You're not his parents. And he's like, you know, family history, all this stuff, and everything is important. And they say, you know, well, we did give you an accurate family history. We gave you the mom, you know, the biological mother's history. Although not the biological dad's. Because, I mean, there, there, there could be clues there, too. Right. But then he figures out, as we, you know, like I said, was foreshadowed earlier in the episode, he said, was his mother vaccinated? Because, and, and she, they were like, you know, well, he's been vaccinated. And she's like, yeah. But, you know, the reason that you don't have to vaccinate for the first six months is because for the first six months, the mother's antibodies protect the child. And if she hasn't been vaccinated, then, you know, they might not be prote- protecting for something is basically what he's saying. Right. And he ends up getting the measles, I think. It was the measles. Yeah, yeah, the measles. So it, it, it traveled to his brain. It, like, instead of giving him a rash and a fever like it normally would, uh, the thing traveled to his brain and lay dormant for 16 years until it started to flare up. And I guess I had never heard of, of whatever this syndrome is called, but he said there's only been 20 reported cases of it in the past 40 years or something like that. Yeah, that's what they, it's a very low uh, frequency for sure. Yeah, and that once you get to stage two, it's universally fatal. Right. So they have to be. They have to hope that they're in stage one still, and that he'll respond to the medication, which he. And, and, yeah, and, I'm sorry. And, the, and for stage for the medication, they have to uh, drill a hole in his brain. Oh yeah, yeah. It always 
it, you know, I know it's accurate. I know this is actually what they use, but it always disturbs me kind of in these medical shows seeing this. They're just using a drill, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's very odd. I mean, it has like a medical drill bit on the end. It's, you know, it's sort of like... It makes they, pull, they pull the drill out of a sterilized package uh, before they use it yeah. once and then throw it out. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, it's so it's so weird to see. But, yeah, so they have to do it. And Foreman, you know, it's funny because it's it's kind of a, a reoccurring theme where they talk about informed consent and everything. And Foreman says, Foreman says to him, says to the parents, you know, look. The, he tries to explain it to him. They're like, we're not really sure we understand. And he basically says, you know, the the idea that you're going to understand everything about your son's procedure is insane. Like basically saying, I've right. gone to school for 12 years to understand this. Yeah, it took all of us, you know, highly trained, uh, the best of the best uh, medical professionals, almost an hour to figure this out. <laughs> right. And he's, you know, he's like, there's just no way I'm going to be able to explain it to you. What you need to know is that it's dangerous. He could die, but you should do it because, you know, basically it's his only chance. Right. So they do it and, you know, the treatment ends up taking. He ends up, uh, you know, recovering, which is good. And uh, and then, you know, they they leave the hospital. And then the weirdest part of the episode (laughs) And yeah, this part I, I have some ideas on. Because this is, this is the one I really want to get your opinion on. So we, we flash to the lacrosse game, and Dan's playing again. Uh, House is standing there between the bleachers. He's got his hand on his cane. He's sort of like, he's kind of like flicking his wrist around a little bit, almost like he's, like he's you know, controlling a little bit, uh, kind of... Um, you know, trying to like urge him on. He's like, you know, wheels, one, eight wheels. And he, uh, you know, he scores the goal house sort of like gives this almost like there was pressure on him. And he like kind of exhales, like he's all happy and everything. Then the camera sort of spins around. Uh, there's no one on the field. No one in the stands is a completely empty field, which we had heard earlier because I think somebody said something about malaria it's December, I think, or November in yeah. in New Jersey. So I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure the season wouldn't be going on right now anyway. So it's hard because of the timeline because he was already there because he, he, it happened right in the middle of a game, you know. Right. Yeah. So so it depends on how long he's in the hospital for. Mm-hmm. And so you know, no one's there. House walks, you know, the field, and then basically it ends. So. That part, that ending part's always sort of bugged me, and I'm I'm not sure exactly what they're trying to say with it. So I think they're saying that he died during the procedure. Oh, really? He his house goes there, you know, just thinking of the kid, like, oh, he could have you know had all this glory and that kind of shit. But then, like, when it just you know when it comes back to reality, there's nobody there. It's just house, like, kind of like you know, oh, that sucks. You know, some poor kid that his prime, we didn't get him close enough for fat. Oh, that oh, makes a your, lot of sense. Yeah, well, what was your thought on it? So I was, I was always sort of torn because I was like, okay, what are they trying to tell us? What, like, was he actually there watching a game? For some reason, he cared enough to watch a game, and then he stayed 
like long past after everyone left, or was he just imagining it? See, what I leaned towards was that he was just imagining it, but I didn't take it to the next level like you did. I thought basically he just went to the field, like the kid had lived, and he just went to the field and was like imagining what it would be like if he was the kind of person that could make a connection like this with a patient. Oh, yeah, you, you could be right. And, and and like he was sort of forlorn about it. But I really like I really like your your theory because like you like like they said in the episode, it was ambiguous. They said he was already showing signs of stage two, but right. they weren't. And then once you get to stage two, it was like unilaterally like lethal. Yeah. So I think what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Where you know he basically just went there and it was like like he was. Not reveling, but he was like wallowing, I guess, in his failure. That yeah, like yeah, almost like he was me. punishing himself. Yeah, I don't think he would care about a success he had, but a failure. You know, that seems like something he would be really bothered by. Yeah, no, I think I think that ma- I never put that together, but I think that makes a lot of sense. I think you're right. Could be. But all in all, a pretty enjoyable episode, I think, of uh, of House. Yeah, I liked it. We're still in the we're still in the good. We'll be in the good for a while. It gets it goes off the rails at some point, but we're still in the good for right now. Better than Ezra. Oh yeah, absolutely. Number two on the charts, Ezra. That's true. What? That's one of my favorite jokes of all time. Yeah, it's it's up there. Uh, but that was our episode of Everybody Lies. We will see you next week. As always, you know, you can follow Massive Late Fee. You can uh, shout at us. Uh, if you have any ideas or or anything that you want, uh, you know, to hear about uh, House or, or anything like that, you want to tell us what your favorite episode of House is, uh, let us know. Uh, but we will see you next time. Bye. See you next time.